Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your SmackDown Post Show for November 25th, 2022. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be, man. SmackDown, Go Home Show, War Games, Survivor Series. Tomorrow night, man, I'm excited. It's the first time in a long time I'm actually excited for Survivor Series. The concept has been tiresome. The concept has been very old, very outdated. SmackDown go-home show was a great go-home show for what I think tomorrow will be. An absolutely epic and memorable Survivor Series. This is, this is the one thing to me that a lot of people have wanted Ever since Triple H took over, even when Triple H was in the heart of NXT Black and Gold, a lot of people were like, oh, we got to bring back war games. Oh, we got to bring back this. We got to bring back that. It's got to be a main roster staple. This, 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 that, that, that. I think tomorrow night, I'm here to tell you guys that tomorrow night is going to be a statement show for Triple H. Tomorrow night's going to be what really defines him and his administration moving forward. I really do believe that. I I think tomorrow night's going to be something that a lot of people are going to be talking about for many, many, many years. And it culminates with the main event of the show. Bloodline and the Brawling Brutes with Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre. Everybody's paying a close, keeping a close eye, paying close attention to this storyline, and you've seen it unravel tonight with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn was caught in a bold-faced lie, which I will say, you know, I loved how they went about this and how Jay Uso was spying on him. But, I mean, let's be real. You know, I immediately was thinking about it while I was watching this segment. Sami Zayn knows there's a fucking camera in front of him. Sami Zayn knows that there is a live television show airing right now on Fox, which was delayed by, uh, what, 10, 15 minutes or so because of a fucking college football game. Fuck out of here. Sami Zayn knows that there's a live television show. And he proceeds to lie with Jay Uso standing behind the door, listening to everything he's saying to Kevin Owens and what Kevin Owens is telling Sami Zayn. So when Jay Uso confronts Sami Zayn after Kevin Owens leaves, Jay Uso asked, did you talk to anybody since you arrived in the building? Sami Zayn said, no, I just got here. Why were you late? Oh, I was running, I was running late. I got a little backed up. 
I guess there was traffic in Rhode Island. Who the fuck knows? Who lives in Rhode Island, man? Give me a break. He lied right to Jay Uso. So, yes, it was a little silly, but this is the moment. They needed something big to happen on this show that was really going to just take the War Games match tomorrow night in the main event, storyline-wise, because I know the intensity is going to be there. I know the brutality is going to be there. I know the physicality is going to be there with the likes of Sheamus and McIntyre and Solo Sokoa in there. Roman Reigns can get down and dirty when he wants to. This is what's going to take the storytelling to the next level. They kicked it off perfect, perfectly tonight. And then that main event, the advantage. We're going to talk about the advantage. Normally, the heels get the advantage in war games. This time around, it's the baby faces getting the advantage because Sami Zayn messed up. He thought he was doing a good thing, but then that equalizer, Kevin Owens was out there and put a stop to it. And Kevin Owens took advantage. Sammy can't cheat. I don't want you to cheat. What do you think you're doing? Referee sees Sammy trying to cheat. He kicks him out. Kevin Owens, behind the referee's back, cheats to win, helps the Brutes get the advantage. All because of Sammy Zayn. Who do you think that they are going to blame on this? It is Sammy Zayn. What is the next nugget that we're going to get in War Games? What is going to happen? This is why I'm so excited about this, man. This has been long-term booking since day one. I love long-term booking. I love how things just come together over a period of time and you see it develop and then you get to its conclusion. What is going to happen? What is the one moment in that match tomorrow night that's going to happen that's going to rip Sami Zayn away from the bloodline? You know it's coming. He may not be exiled from the bloodline on Saturday night. It may actually take a little bit. They may surprise him when he least suspects it, but it's going to happen. And I love it. I think this is great. Frank ADA lives in Rhode Island. Bro, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. What is in Rhode Island, man? The only thing that I know is in Rhode Island is uh, the ghost hunters. Taps, right? So that was the big thing that happened tonight. In my honest opinion, that was the biggest thing that happened tonight. The other big thing that happened tonight was Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is back. Becky Lynch returned. She is now the fifth woman for Bianca Belair in War Games. They teased a little something with Rhea Ripley. I don't know if that is for long-term on Monday night or it's just for tomorrow night, but seemingly both women are on Monday night, so it looks like we may get some sort of back and forth here with Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch. That's a great start for her return. Becky Lynch didn't come back as Gollum. Becky Lynch didn't come back talking about her precious... She didn't come back as some fucking weird creature in the fucking Lord of the Rings franchise. My my precious, my little hobbitses. We didn't get any of that tonight. We got Becky fucking Lynch back, man. We got the man back. I don't really like the man. I don't really like the man. I think the man is lame. It's cringe. But Becky Lynch is back. She looked fantastic. She looked really, really great. And she's going to... She's going to take that War Games match to the next level, for sure. No matter who it was going to be. Whether it was Sasha Banks, whether it was Becky Lynch, it was going to be taken to the next level with any major name that was going to be in there. But I'm glad that WWE announced her tonight and they didn't uh, cock block you or fucking cock tease you 
with uh, some bullshit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, uh, our mystery woman is going to be announced tomorrow. You'll see it tomorrow. No. Now, I need it to be tonight because anybody that's not Sasha Banks in Boston, goodbye. Goodbye. So Becky Lynch is back. She looks great. Glad that she's back. The Monday Night Raw Women's Division just got stronger. And we will talk about Sasha Banks, man. A lot of people think that I'm crazy. Why am I so crazy, man, to think that Sasha Banks may be coming back to the WWE? I think she's on her way back eventually, but I just find it very bizarre that she won't be there in Boston at Survivor Series. I don't know. I just, I just find it a little outlandish if she's not going to show up in Boston. I, I mean, it's just too easy. That may be the fucking problem, that it's too easy. But there are other instances in which we can fit her into the show. Alexa Bliss can turn on her team, right? Alexa Bliss seemingly is, and they have an easy out. Alexa Bliss seems like an unimportant fucking individual in this match. She wants, and my Alexa's going off because I mentioned Alexa. So all we have to do is get Bliss involved and turn her heel. That's it. That's all we need to do. She's not a, she's not a true factor in this match. She's... Basically, a non-factor here. There's nothing about... Alexa, stop! Alexa, stop! You gotta be kidding me. I got music playing. Alexa, stop! Are you fucking serious? Jesse! Why is the why is the fucking why is the mechanism plugged in pl- plugged in, bro? Why why do we have this fucking spyware plugged in? I don't get it. I gotta unplug this fucking thing, man. I hardly even use it. It's ridiculous. Alexa turned heel right. Yeah, everybody wants Alexa to turn heel, man. She turned heel on me right now, interrupting my fucking flow. Alexa's a non-factor, okay? Bliss is a non-factor. Maybe. She turns on her team, and that's the way Sasha Banks get in, gets involved. Or maybe Shotzi. Maybe Shotzi. I don't know if you guys heard that music, man. It was like some fucking weird-ass music with drums. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Get her out. Get her out. Maybe maybe Sasha takes Shotzi's spot. I, I have no idea. Maybe maybe they kick, kickstart a Ronda and Shayna feud with Naomi and Sasha. Maybe I'm just fucking crazy, man. What the fuck? What do I know, man? What do I know? What do I know? Again, I just find it very bizarre that Sasha won't be in Survivor Series. We got the SmackDown World Cup tonight. We got... Showing LeBron Strowman, you know, the, the, the Dummy Express. He's in the semifinals with Ricochet. And we'll talk about that. I was surprised yet not surprised of the outcome of that match. Santos. Santos Escobar. He's in a one-on-one match with Butch of the Brawling Brutes. That was the semifinal match there. Finals will not be taking place at Survivor Series at a later date. The finals are taking place next week on SmackDown, and then soon thereafter we'll get the Intercontinental Championship match with Gunther, who played a factor into the Braun Strowman match. And we will go over everything else that you guys need to know, including Bray Wyatt tonight. Bray Wyatt seemingly introduced, teased, a potential new character left yet another phone number clue, a little, little nugget of information via one of the uh, 
still screenshots that people have plucked from the many in his new uh, vignette that we saw. We saw a glimpse of all his former iterations, and then there was a phone number there that was just nicely, conveniently put into the uh, frame. And if you called it, it is the... I guess it's a psychiatrist or a fucking shrink who's talking about Bray Wyatt. We'll go over that and what that said and all this other stuff tonight on SmackDown, man. I, uh, I'm very glad that you guys are joining me here on the SmackDown post show. We got a lot to get into, man. SmackDown started late tonight. SmackDown started late. Uh, it started about 12 minutes late for me because of a UCLA college football game. I don't know what college football is doing on Friday, but it needs to get the fuck off my TV. Because if there's one thing that I do not care about, you guys may care about that. That's fine. You may love it. I fucking can't stand college sports. I think it's completely ridiculous. It's a waste of time. I don't watch college baseball. I don't watch college this, that, the, the whatever. whatever. Just fucking get it off my TV. 12 minutes. People on the other coasts and other time zones were getting smacked down 12 minutes ahead of me, and I had to see Twitter and all this other shit. So, no. I don't know why they... I don't know why they didn't move SmackDown to FS1 or the college football game to FS1. Absolutely fucking ridiculous, man. So that's that. But I want to thank you guys for joining me tonight. Follow me on social media. It's going to be very important, man. Going into tomorrow, we got a lot to talk about. Survivor Series tomorrow night. I will be live tweeting, and I will be live on YouTube. Make sure you guys follow me on the Bluebird at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Links are down below in the description below. Hit that subscribe button down below. Very important. You're going to want to do that. If you're new around here, I would appreciate it. If you are an OG, I thank you. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. Turn on the bell for notifications. And make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We got almost 2,000 people in the venue right now. I only see less than 500 likes, man. 479 to be exact. I need 500 more likes for 1,000. We need 1,000 likes minimum. On today's post show. Super chats are open. You guys are going to get them on in. We're going to hang out with our cold beverages. You're going to ask me about Survivor Series. You're going to ask me about whatever you guys want. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Memberships, they're always open. Get them on in. Become a channel member today on OTS. You guys are going to get emotes. You guys are going to get badges next to your name. Tons of shit. It's great stuff. So make sure you guys hit that join button. Become a channel member right here on OTS. We got t-shirts, man, available for only a week and a half left. You got a week and a half. Make sure you guys get your Lucharillas t-shirts. This is Lucharillas and Off The Script coming together and joining forces as a tag team for the next three weeks. Week and a half left to get this exclusive limited timed merchandise. Make sure you guys go get that today at lucharillas.com. In the search box, you're going to look up off the script, or you can just easily click the link that I provided and pinned at the top of the live stream chat. Go and get yours today, man. Two weeks left to go. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. Bluechew.com, code JD at checkout. You guys are going to sign up, use that code JD at checkout, and get your free sample. All you guys have to do is pay the $5 in shipping and handling, man.
Let's get into SmackDown tonight, man. We have a lot to get into, and I'm going to start at the top here as soon as I get my iPad situated. We got SmackDown tonight. And basically, the opening segment was Becky Lynch. They, they immediately gave you Becky Lynch right at the top. They didn't even want to wait till uh, the middle of the show or the end of the show. This was uh, basically it. So the show started off tonight with Bailey, EO, Sky, Dakota Kai, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley in the middle of the ring. This is how SmackDown started off. As soon as we came back live from the college football game, which was 12 minutes later, damage control was already in the ring. Bailey complained about Bianca Belair dragging out the reveal of their final partner. She took a cheap dig at Providence, Rhode Island. I mean, who really lives there? <laughs> That's as bad as you like an impact, man, living in Rhode Island. Who the fuck lives in Rhode Island, man? Well, what's in Rhode Island? What's in Rhode Island that is, that's uh, of any note, man, really, of any importance? Nothing, right? Do they have any fine establishments to go get a, a proper Guinness? Probably not. Who lives in Rhode Island, especially in the wintertime? Who the fuck wants to live in Rhode Island in the wintertime, man? Seriously, take your seafood and shove it up your ass, all right? Nobody wants your fucking surfing turf. Rhode Island. <laughs> I maybe Listen, man, maybe Scott Demore. Maybe Scott Demore lives in uh, Rhode Island, man. I don't know. I don't know. It would go along with him being mid-packed. <laughs> Nobody watches Impact, man. Give me a fucking break. Um, damage control. Taking cheap shots at the city. A family guy. The Griffin family. Yeah, that's the only thing that comes out of Rhode Island, man. That's probably the most uh, important thing to ever come out of Rhode Island. Bel Air walked out. Oh, why are you making fun of Impact? I got some fucking Impact. The elite is probably fucking crying on the other end of the screen. I don't give a shit what you, th what you think or say, bro. Bel Air walked out. With Bliss, because I can't say her first name, because I have fucking technology here that doesn't understand I'm not talking to it. Asuka, Mia Yim, Belair said that they did not come alone. And out comes Becky Lynch. Becky's music played. Ring cleared of everyone but Becky and Bailey. Becky hit an exploder suplex on Bailey. Bailey rolled to ringside. Becky then invited Rhea Ripley to get into the ring. Ripley entered. Fans were chanting for Becky, Becky, Becky. Ripley backed out of the ring at the behest of her teammates because they did not want to get involved with them right now with Becky obviously being the difference maker for Team Bianca. This actually, you know, I... I guess we kind of all suspected it to be Becky Lynch. There was a small sliver of a hope that it was maybe Sasha Banks. But no matter who it was, Sasha, Becky, it could have been fucking uh, nobody greener than Tamina. It, it could have been anybody. The football game that kind of let SmackDown start late at 8-12 kind of ruined this for a lot of people because... A lot of people were getting it on the West Coast and in the Midwest, and a lot of people were like, oh, Becky Lynch is back. Becky, I'm like, I, I don't see Becky Lynch. I see nothing but fucking college geeks running around on a fucking football field, man. Where the fuck's SmackDown? Nobody asked for this. So coming and watching this late while everybody else is getting Becky Lynch, it just kind of took away from the oh-my-God moment, you know? 
Not everybody's on Twitter, but I'm on Twitter. I get paid to be on Twitter. It is my job to be on Twitter. So to see people and pictures being posted from their TVs about Becky Lynch while SmackDown was starting as I'm scrolling on Twitter before the fucking show comes on my time on the East Coast here in New York, it was already ruined. It was already ruined. Yeah, some, somebody fucked up there. I, I didn't really suspect that there was going to be a college football game on a fucking Friday night. I mean, we got enough football yesterday. What the fuck do we need football more on Friday night? So it kind of ruined it for me. Um, it was obvious it was either going to be one of the two, more, more so Becky, Becky Lynch tonight. And it was just an announcement. You know, I, I get, I get why Becky is there. I, I said this on, on Thursday when I did the Off the Scripts special. Thanksgiving episode, 454. Go check that out if you missed it. Becky Lynch, she makes sense for Team Bianca because the last person that Bianca was in the ring with at SummerSlam, besides damage control, was Becky Lynch. She beat Becky Lynch in a great match at at SummerSlam in July. This is when we first seen damage control arrive on the scene as a uh, threesome with Bailey, EO, and Dakota. Get your mind out of the gutter. And... It makes sense for her to be there. It really does. So I get that. But the one thing I would have changed here is, and we did get a very, very simplistic Becky Lynch promo later in the show. There was no dialogue. There was nothing between Becky and Bianca, nothing between Becky and Bailey, nothing. It was just Becky shows up, Becky punches Bailey. We get a big brawl. We get a stare down with Becky and Rhea, and that was it. This segment was over literally four minutes later. It started, and then all of a sudden, it was over. I would have liked a little bit more. I would have liked to hear a little bit from Becky Lynch as to why she's back, why she's teaming with Bianca, why she wants to be in war games, why she wants to compete in war games. Nothing. There was no dynamic there. But we got it. Finally, we got Becky Lynch completing Team Bianca. It's Team Bianca against Damage Control tomorrow night in War Games in what probably will be the match to open the show. That will probably be the open to Survivor Series tomorrow night. Now, I don't know what they got planned. I really don't know what they have planned. Nikki Cross is an X Factor. We don't know what Nikki Cross is going to do. We don't know where her allegiance lies. She could be a wild card in that. We don't know what she's going to do with damage control. On the opposite end, we got Alexa Bliss. We got Alexa Bliss, who's basically been a non-factor in this entire build. Bliss has been a non-factor in every aspect of this build. The only thing that we can really go back and say of note that Bliss has done is flip-flop the titles back and forth with Asuka and damage control, Dakota and EO. They had a very good match at Crown Jewel. But outside that, nothing. The last couple of weeks of build, nothing. She's been an absolute non-existent part of the entire build. Could we see Alexa turn heel tomorrow night? Could we see Bliss turn heel on her team? Will that leave the ladies on Bianca's team down one? I don't know. You know, you want to talk about possible swerves in the war games, go back and look at what Dakota did to Tegan Knox a few years ago when the women had their war games match, when they were on the same team. It was 
Dakota about to come out and compete for her babyface team, which was led by Rhea Ripley. We could see Bliss do the same thing to one of her teammates. Maybe it's Asuka. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's Bianca. I have no idea. Somebody's going to get taken out of that match. I have a feeling. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I have a feeling that Bliss may end up turning heel and pulling a Dakota Kai and whoever is going to play the role of Tegan Knox tomorrow night. I don't know. I don't know. So we will see. There's a lot of interesting possibilities tomorrow night for the ladies. They also seem to tease a Becky Lynch, Rhea Ripley program on Monday night. Becky is a Monday Night Raw superstar. I don't think that she's going to be moving over to SmackDown. They're just there because it's the go-home show and they needed an all-hands-on-deck environment for Survivor Series in Rhode Island. But they did seemingly tease a Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley feud. And I have no problem with that at all because Rhea Ripley is at a point right now where she should be in the ring with the likes of a Bianca and the likes of a Rhea Rip, uh, Bianca, uh, Becky Lynch. That's who I think she should be in the ring with. Rhea is, and after all this time, finally at that level with what she's done with Judgment Day. And I've been preaching this ever, ever since I mentioned how great Judgment Day has become and how Rhea Ripley has stepped up to the plate and absolutely killed everything that she's been in. I've been preaching this for weeks. Becky Lynch is not the woman to win the Royal Rumble. I'm sorry. Becky Lynch doesn't need the Royal Rumble. She already has a Royal Rumble under her belt. This is a new day and age where we need to build new stars. Becky Lynch can go and win the Elimination Chamber if that's what they're going to use the Elimination Chamber for. The Royal Rumble, to me, is a bigger win than any win in an Elimination Chamber. Rhea Ripley should be the one to challenge Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. That is where we're going to get Rhea Ripley becoming the world champion. That's what she needs. That's what she deserves. And the hard work that she's put into this thing, I think that's the proper setting to give her what she deserves. Becky Lynch does not need the Royal Rumble. Rhea Ripley needs to win the Royal Rumble. That is my choice right there. Nobody else. Nobody else. I don't give a shit what you guys say, what you guys think, who you guys want. Rhea Ripley should win the Royal Rumble. It's not too early to be thinking about it because we're basically at the end of the year and it's almost here. That's my choice. So if we're going to get Becky and Rhea, it may just be a way for Rhea Ripley to get some credibility, even more credibility under her belt by beating a Becky Lynch. And Becky is basically bulletproof. So no matter what she does, she'll be fine, no matter who she's in the ring with. I think Rhea deserves it. Or maybe it's nothing. And maybe I'm looking too much into it, and maybe it's just two notable women outside of the already, you know, flooded field of women in this match. The one showdown that I think a lot of people are interested in because we've been so prone to Bianca and Bailey all these weeks. I don't know. Maybe it's just about tomorrow, and it's not building towards anything at all. But I feel like Becky and Rhea would be a great program, and Rhea winning the Royal Rumble. I'm, t- I'm going to, listen, I'm going to be telling you this for uh, from now until the Royal Rumble. You're going to get sick of me saying it. That's what we need. We got the opening match of Butch. Sheamus and Rich Holland joined Butch against Santos Escobar. He was with Zelina Vega, Joaquin Wilde, and Cruz del Toro. Legado del Fantasma. 
This was the semifinals of the SmackDown World Cup. The winner of this tournament gets an Intercontinental Championship match and a loss against the mighty Gunther. Nobody is going to beat Gunther. Nobody. I'll talk about Gunther in a second. Escobar, he looked good here. The match looked a little clunky in the beginning. I don't know what the hell was going on in this match in the beginning. There seemed to be a little miscommunication. There looked to be a little botched uh, sequence of moves in the beginning of this match, which kind of led Santos to go roll outside the ring and kind of collect his thoughts about what was going on. Selena was on commentary with Cole and Wade Barrett. She was teasing going after the bloodline someday. Uh, Honey, listen, (laughs) listen, honey. Don't get ahead of yourself, all right? Legato's not ready for that fucking uh, bloodline feud yet. I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about, but come on now, come on. So Butch was using uh, his typical Pete Dunn joint manipulation. Butch walked over Escobar's arm. Escobar recovered, took over with a drop kick. He slowed the pace down. Butch started to fight back. The pace picked back up with Butch chopping Escobar against the commentary desk. There was a little bit of a botched move in the middle of this match here before this spot. They go back into the ring. Escobar regained control after pushing Butch off the top rope. Butch took uh, what looked to be a very nasty fall off the top rope, hit the apron on the way down, hit the floor. Butch caught Escobar back in the ring with a German suplex. This was after a commercial break, so I'm guessing Escobar was beating down Butch during the commercial break, and when we get back from commercial, Butch was in control. Follow with a moonsault off the apron, taking out Joaquin Wilde and Cruz Del Toro. Escobar recovered, caught Butch with a suicide dive. Escobar and Butch were on the top rope. They were fighting for position until Butch snapped Escobar's fingers with some more joint manipulation. Butch took out Del Toro and Wilde with a moonsault because they were just being pesky little brats on the outside. He followed with a middle rope tornado DDT. Got Escobar in the middle of the ring for a cover. Two counts only off the DDT. So the bloodline, all of a sudden, attacked Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens on the big screen. This is causing a distraction because Butch is obviously part of the Brawling Brutes, and they were uh, being attacked backstage. So Butch was distracted by this. Sheamus and Ridge Holland were uh, on the outside. They ran to the back. Butch was telling them, go, 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 go save them, go help them out, right? So this caused the distraction. Butch had his back turned. Sheamus and Rich Holland ran to the back to go help his uh, help the rest of the guys. However, they left Butch without any help. This is when Legato took over. Del Toro and Wild interfere again, hitting two big leg lariats right to the face on Butch, leading to Escobar hitting his finishing move, which he calls the Phantom Driver, which is basically a Michinoku driver. One, two, three, and Santos Escobar advances and wins. He advances to the finals of the SmackDown World Cup. So, a couple of things here. Santos Escobar, he looked good down the stretch here. I think Santos is great. Santos and Legato, it is now becoming a weekly thing every time they're on TV. I don't know how many times I need to repeat myself. You know, one of these days, it's gonna, I'm telling you guys right now, you're gonna, you're gonna feel it one week and you're gonna come to me, you're gonna come into the venue. And you're going to tell me, J.D., I'm, I'm kind of feeling how you're feeling now. Every single week, when we seen Zelina and Andrade, it was the same fucking thing. She would cheat to win. 
she would cheat and help Andrade win. I don't know where it is in the rule books, but we, we do not need the heels to cheat every time to win a match. I get that it's easy heat. I get it's a great way to get the heels over, but every fucking time, no. No. It doesn't need to happen every single time. Do you wanna do you wanna know what I see? Now you guys may see differently. You guys may think I'm just nitpicking for the sake of nitpicking. This is not me nit- nitpicking. This is just me, you know, bringing up things that have happened in the past that are now coming up again in the present day. When I look at Santos cheating to win, he cheated in the first round. He cheated against Butch today. He's probably going to try and cheat to win against Ricochet next week, which is the, the final of this tournament. When I see Santos cheating to win, I see somebody who actually looks weak because he can't win on his own. He's gotten to the finals of this tournament because of Cruz del Toro, because of Joaquin Wilde, and because of Zelina Vega. He did not get to the finals because of Santos Escobar. Now, I get that he's in a faction. I get that it's the numbers game. I I get it. But the more this happens weekly, the more people are going to be eagle-eyeing the same outcome every single time and then questioning exactly what I'm questioning. I don't get it. Santos should be able to win on his own. He's that good. He doesn't need the rest of his group, to beat Butch. Seriously. They ran to the back. The, 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 the distraction, the, the fucking Titantron. I don't, know who the, who, I don't know who pushed the button to show the fucking brawl that was happening backstage. As soon as Butch sent his boys to the back, that should have been it. Did we need Legato to add insult to injury with the two kicks? No. No, we did not. But Santos wins. And it's becoming a very familiar sight with him winning and cheating to win. I like it. I want it to. I want him to. I want him to look good. But I don't want the same outcome every single time he's in there. He hasn't won a match so far outside of the fucking debut where he. I, who who did that wrestle? He squashed somebody. Outside of the very beginning stages of his SmackDown debut, that was it. Every single match after that, cheat, 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 cheat. Every week is not a good thing. Sometimes I'll take, but not every week. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, he made his full ring entrance. It lasted just as long as the ending of that college football game that delayed SmackDown by 12 minutes. He's in the ring, and we saw clips of Bray Wyatt's segment with LA Knight last week. He said he thinks he has a good sense of what people think he is. He said his entire life people have looked him or looked at him like he's a rabid animal. He says he knows people want to see the monster. He says he knows people want to see the fiend. Fans cheered. So come on, come one, come all and see the human tornado destroy himself and everything around him. Fans cheered. That's all good and fine, but That's the man I do not want to be anymore. Fans booed. Fans booed Bray Wyatt when he said he didn't want to be the fiend, the monster, anymore. He said it's difficult. It's difficult for him to explain the burdens he's been through 
Oh, man, oh, man. The burdens that we've been through before Triple H took over, man. Was it difficult for me to explain the burdens that we've been through? Oh, my goodness. It's difficult for him to explain the burdens he's been through. He said, violence is the only language he has shown them he can speak. He has to be truthful. I'm not the one who attacked Bray Wyatt. The video screen played a bunch of images of Bray's past with the voice saying, this world is built on lies, which it is, which it is. So we got all these flashing images of the fiend and then Mr. Rogers like Bray and the fun house and the swamp and the Wyatt family and the Wyatt family mask and the moths, the swamp. Uncle Howdy. Uncle Howdy had a tear running down his eye. And we've seen this phone number, which I have queued up in my phone. We're going to play the phone number or the message on the phone right now in, in my microphone so you guys can hear. Hopefully the quality is good. This is what the phone number says. Well, when you call it, this is what the phone number and the message relays back to you. Patient suffers from delusions of grandeur. Perhaps the most extreme incidents I've encountered. Concerns that no regimen of treatment or medication would be able to counter the imbalance of power in the patient's psyche. They're prone to disorganized thought patterns that communicate a sense of unmatched importance Bouts of isolation seem to have amplified their inner monologue and honestly blocked out any outside voice. In short, the patient would need to think as highly of a medical practitioner as they do themselves. Honestly, that seems to border on the impossible. I've become concerned that this patient is such a danger to themselves and anyone they encounter that... Hello? Hello, is someone there? Hello? Hello? I... That was the message that was on the other end of the phone number. So it looks like we have Bray Wyatt with that little clue that he left us tonight. It looks like Bray Wyatt left us a clue a doctor or a psychiatrist doing some sort of evaluation on him. Schizo. He's schizophrenic. He's a danger to everybody around him, including himself. And then it clearly was cut off because there was either somebody else there or something else that happened there that the doctor got distracted by and then the message was cut off. So I don't know where we're going with this. I don't know what the plan is for Bray Wyatt. You know, a lot of people are uh, claiming that the Wyatt Six is going to be different people involved in this thing to build, build out this new Wyatt faction. I think after tonight, I, I think I'm more leaning towards what I've been kind of thinking is that Bray Wyatt, the Wyatt Six, they're all Bray Wyatt. I honestly think Bray Wyatt is a fucking schizo psycho. And everything that you saw in tonight's vignette 
with Uncle Howdy, Uncle Howdy being one of them, I think everything that you saw is the Wyatt Six. So Wyatt says he knows that people want to see the monster, the fiend, destroy himself and everything around him, but doesn't want to be that man anymore. Wyatt said that he's not the person who attacked LA Knight last week. And before he could say more, this mysterious figure showed up on the screen and said that everyone lies. The world is built on lies. And the big screen showed imagery of Wyatt's previously, previous incarnations and a message played, which I just played to you. So, I don't know. That's all we got. But I like what we're seeing. I like what we're getting. I like that L.A. Knight is involved in some way, shape, or form because L.A. Knight is a great catalyst to what Bray Wyatt is trying to do. The story that Bray Wyatt is trying to relay and tell. L.A. Knight's a great catalyst for all of that. He was attacked last week. When he was attacked last week, he was walking into a darkened room. I don't know where he was walking last week, but we saw the image of Uncle Howdy in the dark. So Bray Wyatt says that he did not attack L.A. Knight last week. Who the fuck attacked L.A. Knight? It may end up being Bray Wyatt who attacked L.A. Knight, but it wasn't the Bray that we see. It's not the Bray that's coming to us in the human form. It may actually be Bray Wyatt under the Uncle Howdy mask. I don't know. L.A. Knight, as soon as this segment was over, we seen L.A. Knight with Megan Morant. He was in a very lousy mood. His arm was in a sling. He was standing on a crutch. He says he didn't get to enjoy his Thanksgiving. He said last week he was minding his own business when he was attacked. He says it wasn't, if it wasn't, the fact that he was on crutches with his arm in a sling, he delivered consequences. He said he'd ask Bray whose game it was and then Wyatt would say it's L.A. Knight's game. And then he'd kick his ass. This Knight limped away. We seen the Bray Wyatt logo flash on the screen while he walked away. I don't know. What are you guys thinking about this, man? What are you guys thinking about this Bray Wyatt shit? Maybe the, somebody said maybe the psychiatrist is the same psychiatrist that went to Alexa Bliss and did the Alexa Bliss segments. Maybe, I have no idea. I don't know. I'd like to see it be Bo Dallas. I'd like to see it kind of fill out some other members of the Wyatt family. But the Wyatt Six, we may be looking at six different versions of Bray Wyatt. And some people still continue to say it's dragging, we need something. They are giving you something. We're even more closer now. We're even more closer now to Bray Wyatt unveiling his new alter ego. Because I do think that Bray Wyatt is actually going to be unveiled as this evil being. This is a new version of whatever the fiend was in his past gimmick. I don't know. I like the long, drawn-out story, man. People are so impatient nowadays. What do, what, do you, what do you want? What more do you want? This man's been away for a year and a half, and now you're getting fucking impatient? I don't understand you people. The guy was away for almost two years, and now you're rushing him to tell a story, and you want instant gratification. You're the very reason why this guy wasn't fucking happy on coming back sooner than he did. You're part of the reason why he was disenfranchised with a lot of what's going on here. He's back now. You should be able to be patient and sit back and let him tell his fucking story. Too fucking bad that you're impatient. 
too fucking bad you want an instant payoff. If you want instant payoff, go watch something else. People like me and a lot of people here like the long-term aspect of where this is going. You'll get your answers soon enough. Give me a break with this shit. I'm excited about what's to come, and I'm glad LA Knight's involved because LA Knight is good television. The Viking Raiders. Eric and Ivar. They are with Sarah Logan. And Sarah Logan has a new name. Sarah Logan is now Valhalla. That is her name. She looks good. Whether it's a ripoff of somebody else on the independent scene or not, she looks good. I don't know how this gimmick is going to get over on the main roster. I don't. I have my reservations about it. Hit row. They were the opponents for the Viking Raiders tonight. Top Dalla and Ashante Adonis with BFAB. Barely went three minutes. Raiders look uh, strong in this match. And they basically squashed Hint Row. Road to Valhalla for their finish. And that was basically it. Or uh, Ragnarok is what they call it. That big double powerbomb. This was nothing but a squash. Shante Donis tweaked his knee, tagged in top dollar. He ran wild for a little bit. Ivar knocked him down before he even got started. Adonis missed a crossbody, landed on a bad, uh, took a bad landing, landed on his knee. Viking Raiders took advantage with the double-team powerbomb, and that was it. One, two, three, and the Viking Raiders win. Picking up right where they left off by beating the New Day in that Vikings rules match. Now, you know, I've been complimentary. I've been nice to hit row. And I know they have really nothing to do about where they are right now. But I'm going to say this, and it's going to be a little bit of a a, a truth bomb. It's going to be a little truth serum for you guys, which I'm sure most of you already know, but this is primarily aimed at the Hit Row elitists and the fans and the super fans and Hit Row themselves. Listen, I want to see everybody succeed in the new Triple H administration. I do. I thought top dollars look good. Couple times he's been in there, man. Surprising me, doing some big man things. He's uh, moving around nice in there. Shante Donis looks great. They look great as a threesome. They do. But even they, they may play it off like they don't want to talk about it. They may play it off as whatever, and they may call you a mark, and they may blast the social media fucking journalists and the podcasters out there. What, whatever. I can say whatever the fuck I want. It's my goddamn show. But I'm not saying anything that isn't really out there already on social media. I'm not giving you something that is controversial, not giving you nothing that is outlandish. Hit Row sucks. Is it time we can call them Shit Row now? Can we start singing Shit Row? Can we start singing that yet? Or maybe they're not Shit Row yet. Maybe they're Mid Row. I don't know. But it seemingly looks like they are directionless in the Triple H administration. Now, Triple H brought them back because this was one of the things he wanted to rectify. They never got a chance. Under Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard, they never got a chance. They were doomed to fail as soon as they called up with who was in charge. 
I said it then. I stand by that. I got blocked by Swerve, who eventually unblocked me. Don't know if he gives a shit about me at all. I don't really give a fuck. But hit row, they all blocked me. Now, Top Dollar, he unblocked me. Maybe because I was right and they misconstrued what I had to say. But I'm not really saying anything that isn't a predominant opinion in the community. They are jobbers. They are coming off as jobbers. Could they be more? Sure. Could they be booked a little bit better? Sure. But right now, they are jobbers. They didn't do anything with Legato. They didn't do anything tonight against the Viking Raiders. They are being sent out there to look like jobbers. What is Hit Row? What are they to the WWE audience? As far as I'm concerned, they need to go back and redo the whole fucking thing. As far as I'm concerned, they need something that is going to take them to the next level. What that is, I don't know. We've all been saying it. I've been saying it. They need a voice. They need a leader. They need a star to lead that group because with Top Dollar, B-Fab, and Ashanti Adonis, they're going nowhere. Swerve was going to take them to that level. Swerve was the star. Swerve made the best career move that he could possibly make by joining AEW. He had no choice. He was let go unceremoniously, unfortunately. They didn't want him. They fucked up. That's why Triple H had his fucking HR department go and reach out to Swerve to see if he wanted to come back because even Triple H knew that without Swerve, Hit Row was dead in the water. And I'm pretty sure that Triple H and his team reached out to Swerve to see when his contract with AEW was up. Now Swerve is doing big things in AEW. He just turned on Keith Lee. They're going to be separate. But Swerve is going to go on to do championship-like things. So is Keith Lee. Where's Hit Row? Without that face, without that leader, without that voice, they are nothing. Who could fill in for Swerve that's going to give them that peace that's missing? I don't know if there is anybody. I really don't. People are like, oh, let's bring up Carmelo Hayes and put him with Hit Row. Why would you put Carmelo Hayes, who is a certified stud, with Hit Row? The priority is to get Carmelo Hayes over, not put Carmelo Hayes in Hit Row to bring Carmelo Hayes down. Leo Rush? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Leo Rush could work. He did have that gimmick in AEW that he was doing where he was flaunting money around and he was a mogul. He is a rapper. Maybe that works. But Leo Rush is not Swerve, I'm sorry to say. Talented and fucking fantastic at what he does, but he's not Swerve. Outside those two names, I don't know. People are saying JTG. I could see that. I think he'd fit in great there, but does WWE want to bring back JTG? I don't know. Does Triple H have anybody else in mind? Kenny King? I'm not really familiar with Kenny King. MVP? Possibly. I don't know. They need somebody that's going to make them a threesome, a trio. MVP would be great with Hit Row. I think MVP would fit great with Hit Row, but MVP's a manager. MVP's not a full-time wrestler. I don't know. Right now, they are absolutely dead in the water. 
And it's it's something that I said on social media too. But you could take this and agree with me or not. Hit Row is the absolute worst return that Triple H has brought back to the WWE while he's been in charge. Something needs to be done. What it is, I don't know. But right now, they are absolutely dead to rights. A whole reimagining of Hit Row needs to happen. I, I don't even I, I don't even like the way that they come out. Like who are they? You don't you don't know who they are. Top Dollar hasn't really said anything outside of a couple of raps here and there. Who's Beef? Who is Beefab? Who is Ashante Adonis? You know, when we were in NXT, we seen the clips of them in the studio. We seen them working on rhymes and working on beats. We seen them in their environment. Where have we seen Hit Row on SmackDown? In the ring with their backs looking at the lights, dead. There's no priority on them right now. They may be a priority next year, but there's no priority on them right now. We got to go back and reimagine the entire thing. That hit row that was in NXT, this is not them. This is half of what we saw. And most of it is missing because it's in AEW. Michael Cole, he discussed the Dominic Mysterio viral video that went around social media on Thanksgiving with Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley beating up Rey Mysterio inside his home on Thanksgiving. Now, I have a couple questions about this video. Number one, why does the Mysterio family have their Christmas tree up already before Thanksgiving? I, I, I don't know what you guys do, but in my household, Christmas trees do not go up until Thanksgiving is over. That is very disrespectful to Mr. Turkey. Let's celebrate one holiday before we get involved with the other. Not that I give a fuck about the holidays because I fucking hate the holidays. Can't stand the holidays. It's very depressing. My family sucks. But why did he have his Christmas tree up so early? Number two, why was he walking around his home in his mask? Now, when he opened the door, he had his mask on. Now, I seen him kind of fixing his mask. Maybe the mask was off, and it looks like he answers the doorbell in his mask. I don't get it. So Rhea Ripley and Dominic, they showed up, had a couple of words for Rey Mysterio. They barged into the house, and they beat him up right there on his uh, kitchen floor or his dining room floor putting the boots to him. Dominic Mysterio beat him up with the kendo stick, attacking the injured boot or the injured foot with the boot on it. And then they walked out arm in arm. Happy Thanksgiving, Dad. Here's a little side of an ass beating waiting for you for the holidays. I thought it was great. I think that's one video had more social media clicks and hits than the Logan Paul cell phone thingy that he did at Crown Jewel in a a span of 24 hours. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I want to see more shit like that. I thought that was great. Literally came out of nowhere. It gave me Randy Orton Triple H vibes of some home invasion, right? I thought that was great. I want to see more of that for sure. And it's just a tease. It's just another nugget, another Easter egg. We're getting Dominic and Rey Mysterio at 
WrestleMania. Maybe with the mask on the line. Maybe. So we'll see what happens. Ricochet. He went one-on-one with Braun Strowman. This was a semi-final match in the SmackDown World Cup. Now, last week, Braun Strowman, and I ranted on this last week, Braun Strowman, he made Gunther run away. Why is Gunther running away from anybody? Gunther should not be running away. He should not be creatively booked to run away from anybody. He's the intercontinental champion. He should not be running away from anybody. Yeah, here we are. This guy's been built as a dominant fucking beast, and he's running away from Braun Strowman. Hated that beyond anything I've seen in recent weeks. Now, WWE has done, and with Triple H in charge, I'm not really surprised, but WWE has done something very surprising. They brought Braun Strowman's social media mishap to television and have made it a storyline. They made it a narrative. He called indie wrestlers and, you know, everybody that's not the size of he and Omas, flippy flippers or flippy floppers who should be bagging his groceries at Wegmans or Stop and Shop or Pathmark. Anybody remember A&P? It was an A&P right near my grandmother's house, about five minutes away, A&P. Who remembers A&P, bro? What about key food? Way back in the day before you got JD. I used to work at Key Food. In high school, man, I used to work at Key Food. Stocking shelves, right? Stocking shelves, being paid barely anything. How many of you guys remember A&P at Key Food? Great. Aldi? Who the fuck shops at Aldi, man? I walked into an Aldi. I'm like, what the, where the fuck am I, man? Aldi. Give me a break. What about that other one, Lidl? You guys ever been in a Lidl? Holy shit, man. I walk in there. It's like a very European-style supermarket. I'm like, Jesus Christ, where the fuck am I, man? It's like I'm in an alternate universe. What is the supermarket in Florida, man, that I that I, I really like that supermarket in Florida, man? It's like, it, it reminded me, it reminds, it's basically your version of Stop and Shop. The big uh, Publix, right? Pu- I love Publix, but Publix is awesome. Publix is great, man. I love me a Publix, right? Safeway, Stop and Shop is the the one I go. You got King Cullen, right? You got King Cullen, you got Stop and Shop. Costco, who shops at Costco, bro? Sam's Club, right? Who goes to those fucking uh, big supermarkets, those big everything stores, man? Or maybe you just do everything at Walmart like a fucking geek, right? Who shops, who, who does all their shopping, clothes and... Stuff for the house, electronics, food. Who who does the super Walmart deal? I don't know. I don't know. Trader Joe's. Now, Trader Joe's is a damn good fucking place, man. I like me some Trader. Listen, Whole Foods. I love me some Whole Foods, man. I could fucking live in a Whole Foods. I got a Whole Foods near me, but it's too small. Too crowded. There's too many geeks. Everybody's in there fucking elbow to elbow shopping. I love me some Trader Joe's and... Some Whole Foods. Western beef, man. There was a nice Western beef under the six train when I was living in the Bronx, man. We used to go to Western beef all the time to get those nice chicken sausages for the grill, the nice skirt steaks, right? We got the we got everything. We got everything for the grill. Western beef, man. Love it. Absolutely love it. 
Why am I talking about supermarkets, man? Holy shit, Strowman. ShopRite. There you go. ShopRite's good. Stu Leonard's is very good too, bro. Stu Leonard's is fucking clutch. There's a Stu, there's a Stu Leonard's in uh, going up the I-95, man, uh, here in New York. There's a Stu Leonard's on the I-95. I don't know. It's like uh, in New Rochelle somewhere. There's a Trader Joe's up there too, but this is... um. This is some quite entertaining. Some, this is a quite entertaining conversation, man. You know, there was a blockbuster. There was a blockbuster in my mom's neighborhood, man, right off Pelham Parkway. I miss Blockbuster. Seriously, Sea Town. Oh man, I, I, listen, man. I don't think I ever shopped at a Sea Town. I don't think I ever shopped at a Sea Town. Kmart. There was a. I don't know if the Kmart in Bait Plaza is still there, man. I mean, who the fuck shops at Bait Plaza? Oh my God, man. I, I don't know if that Kmart is still at Bait Plaza. Seriously, you know what? How about this one? How many people remember Caldor? Yeah, I, listen, man. Maybe you got. Maybe maybe this is maybe this is going to show my age. But how many of you guys remember a Caldor? Oh my goodness, man! Listen, listen. You go to you go to the Pelham area, right there. It was right there in Pelham, man. Pelham Manor. Oh my goodness. Macy's, Target. You guys are throwing Sears. Is Sears even around anymore, man? Give me a break. Dollar Tree. You guys are giving me fucking, uh, you know, uh, things now. Circuit City. I used to shop in Circuit City all the time, man. Seriously. Caldors. See, genius. Genius knows Caldors, man. Look at that. See? Unbelievable. You guys are fucking crazy, man. Anyway, let me get on with the fucking show. I'm talking about fucking stores that don't exist anymore. Um... Radio Shack is still around, I think. No? Woolworth. Oh, my God. Bradley's. I remember Bradley's, bro. Oh, my goodness, man. Where was Bradley's here in the Bronx, man? Where was that? Oh, my goodness. I don't remember. I don't remember, I don't remember where Bradley's. There was a Bradley somewhere. Anyway. Yeah, Caldor was clutch, bro. I don't remember. I Listen, I... I don't even remember what the inside of a Caldor looks like. But I know that my mom used to shop there all the time with my grandma. Anyway, KB Toys. KB, is it KB Toys still around? There's got to be a KB Toys somewhere. Anyway, Ricochet and Braun. Thanks, Strowman. Thank you, Braun Strowman. We got completely sidetracked with all these fucking uh, blast from the past stores. Unbelievable. Strowman, this match lasted maybe... Uh, Less than all the time we talked about all these blasts from the past stores. Basically, a, a four-minute match between Ricochet and Braun Strowman. I even said on social media that with Santos Escobar beating Butch, if Strowman beat Ricochet, not really a good match. Not really a good matchup. Santos Escobar and Braun Strowman, come on. Not really what I'm looking for. So I said, it's looking like we may actually get Ricochet upsetting Braun Strowman. And that's exactly what happened. So this match went about four minutes. They had a short uh, big man, little, bit, little man match. Ricochet won, but he did not win on his own. So he got Imperium's help, and Ricochet, he... Slapped Strowman in the face because of his flippy flopper, flippy flipper Wegman's comment. Strowman back Ricochet into the corner. Ricochet used his uh, quickness to avoid Strowman. 
followed up with a series of drop kicks, one off the apron. Ricochet celebrated. Strowman sent Ricochet flying over the announce table with a tackle. Strowman was in control. Big stinger splash in the corner by Strowman. He then tossed Ricochet across the ring. Suddenly, Gunther and Imperium ran out to cause a distraction. Ricochet took advantage of this because not only did Gunther show up for a distraction, we got Marcel Bartel, Ludwig Kaiser, and we got Giovanni Vinci of Imperium showing up on the apron there, all trying to distract Strowman. So they didn't lay a hand on him. They didn't lay a hand on him. Ricochet comes from behind with a flying crucifix. And a lot of, I've seen some people complaining about this ending. And I'll tell you why I like the ending in a second, why I didn't mind the ending. Flying crucifix on Strowman by Ricochet. One, two, three, and that was it. Some people were like, Strowman looked like a geek. Well, Strowman made himself look like a geek on social media with his bad social media edit. Uh, so um, it, it is something that I don't really care for here. A lot of people were making something out of nothing here. Um, we have the ending, and I don't mind the ending, because Ricochet, with the crucifix, he floated over Strowman, and all of Strowman's weight kind of folded on top of him in the crucifix. And that was it. So I don't mind it. All of Strowman's weight was too much for him to kick out. All of his weight just kind of toppled on top of him. Floated over. He folded himself over. One, two, three. Good. Ricochet wins. After the match, Imperium attacked Strowman until Ricochet, it was a three-on-one with Strowman. Ricochet ran back. He tried to make the save. They overwhelmed Ricochet. Strowman gets up because they're all targeting Ricochet now, and he clears the ring. And Gunther once again runs away. He didn't really run, but he kind of bailed out of the ring because he didn't want anything of Strowman in that moment. After the match, Strowman saves Ricochet. Ricochet is helped up by Braun Strowman. They're both standing. Ricochet offered a fist bump. Braun Strowman raised his arm, and the fans cheered. So a couple of things here. Number one, they are clearly leading to a Strowman and Gunther showdown. I'm looking forward to that. I think that's going to be great. Uh, there's no way Strowman's going to win the Intercontinental title. Uh, I mean, it's just going to be another huge notch on the belt of Gunther's reign by beating Strowman, which I think would be very good for him. So they're probably going to build this up and have this take place at the Royal Rumble. Gunther will probably defend the IC title inside the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. So I could see that. Or maybe maybe it happens before then, because the Royal Rumble is several weeks away. Um, it, we're at the end of November. We got all of December and all of January. Two months may be uh, a long time to build towards an intercontinental title match. But we may get one and then maybe get a rematch at the Royal Rumble. I don't know. So we'll see what happens. But I think that they may do it at the Royal Rumble. So they're saving that for next year. And it looked like to me that Braun Strowman, with him losing to Ricochet and then him saving Ricochet and helping Ricochet up and them kind of befriending each other at the end of this match, it kind of looked like this was a, I hope you learned your lesson moment from Triple H. That's what I kind of got out of this segment. That's the vibe that I felt here on SmackDown. You know, because Strowman, he was out there on social media with his bad social media etiquette. Oh, flippy floppers, flippy flippers. You should be bagging my groceries and blah, blah, blah. 
and he ends up helping up the flippy flipper, the king of the flippy flippers, the flippy floppers, Ricochet. This definitely felt like, I hope you learned your fucking lesson. Don't fuck up again. With them befriending these two guys. Typical of WWE. We're going to befriend Strowman with the king of the flippy flippers. Do we see them as a tag team? Are they going to be a duo now? Strowman and Ricochet may be a fun tag team. I don't know. But do they need tag teams? Probably not. There's plenty of them. But I could see them befriending each other for a little bit now. And maybe, maybe we get a nice little ring of Intercontinental Championship matches. Gunther versus Ricochet. Gunther versus Strowman. Should be good. And let's not forget, we got Santos Escobar and Ricochet in the finals of this tournament. I pray to God that there is no outside interference in this thing. Let one guy win clean. It is the fucking finals of this tournament. That should be a tremendous match. Yes, can they coexist? You got fucking King. And you got the King of the Flippy Flippers. Team Flippy. Team Flippy Floppers. I don't know. Kevin Owens. He was backstage. He walked up to Sami Zayn, who was about to walk into the Bloodlines locker room. Sami said, please, 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 just go. You can't be here. They're in there. You can't be here. KOX, what happens when they do something or you say something to piss them off? Jay Uso is opening the door behind these two. Nobody sees it. Camera guy standing right there. Jay Uso opening the door. He's listening in. He's eavesdropping on this conversation. He asks what he thinks will happen when he pisses Roman Reigns off. Kevin Owens is asking Sami Zayn this. Well, what happens when you piss Roman Reigns off? He told him, think about it. KO told Sami that he wouldn't wait for them to turn on him. As soon as you fuck up, they're going to turn on you. They're going to get rid of you. They don't need you. This is exactly what we needed Kevin Owens to say. Kind of casting doubt over Sami Zayn. So if I was you, if you want my, my opinion, I mean, I've known you for 20 years. You want my opinion? I would get to them first before they get to me. So he patted him on the chest. He said he'd see him tomorrow inside war games. Sammy was not angry. He seemed to kind of contemplate what KO was saying, and he was about to enter the bloodline locker room. Now, when he entered the bloodline locker room, Jey Uso stopped him and asked where Sammy's been. We could have used your help out there by attacking Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre earlier in the night. Sammy said he just got there. Jay asked if he's seen anyone or talked to anyone since he got here. Sammy said no, but Jay Uso knows that's a lie because he was eavesdropping behind the door and knows that Sammy was talking to Kevin Owens. Jay pretended to accept his answer and let him into the bloodline locker room. I said this before. I'm not a fan of the invisible camera just standing there we all know this is being filmed for live television. He's on live TV. What makes Sami Zayn think that that lie is going to hold up anywhere? Why did he feel the need to lie if the live camera is there filming this and we're watching a live television show? I mean, it's just common sense. Some of you may overlook that. I'm just bringing it to your attention because it's right there. He lied when he couldn't have 
Lois shouldn't have lied, rather, because they're going to find out anyway. They're going to find out anyway. No, I wasn't talking to nobody. Really, it's on tape. It's on camera. We got you. Now, Jay Uso knows. But Jay Uso hasn't been in good standing with the rest of the bloodline anyway because they know that they have, or he has, rather, a vendetta out for Sami Zayn. Maybe they use that film as proof and show it to Sami Zayn later on in the build for whatever's to come. I don't know. So I'm not a fan of the invisible camera shtick. Now, I love that they planted seeds for war games. I do. I said this in the beginning. I love that they planted seeds. I like that Jay is now suspicious that Sami Zayn is going to turn on. This is another wrinkle into the thing. Jay Uso now is thinking, going into, into war games, that he's going to turn on the bloodline, that Sami Zayn's going to turn on the bloodline, that he's going to take what Kevin Owens is saying and he's going to mull it over and contemplate turning on the bloodline. It's going to be very interesting to see how this all develops. Is Jay going to go back and tell the bloodline? Are they going to turn on Sami before they do anything? They're going to turn on Sami before they think Sami's going to turn on them? Is this the, the whole thing? Is this the fucking snowball that develops into an avalanche? For Sami Zayn. Do they back Sammy? Do they believe Sammy over Jay? Or is this the fucking straw that broke the camel's back here? Kevin Owens immediately showing how valuable he is to this entire thing. He is the difference maker in all of this because he's already cast doubt in the bloodline. He's already got them rattled and nothing's happened yet. This is great. I absolutely love everything about this. Sammy, yes, Sammy is sus. The bloodline now thinks, or Jay Uso anyway, thinks Sammy is sus. Love it. I thought this was great. It's exactly what we needed. It's exactly what we wanted when Kevin Owens was announced as the fifth member of the Brawling Brutes. Megan Morant, she was going to interview... Uh, she was going to interview Raquel. <laughs> Rodriguez Gonzalez. Smiley Raquel. And Shotzi. When Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler jumped them from behind, they slammed the lid of a production crate on Gonzalez and her arm and then fled the scene of the crime. Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. <coughs> Sorry. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler made their ring entrance. They said accidents happen and they snickered. They said that they're the only ones there. Shotzi came out. They call her the ballsy badass. So, we get this match. Well, happy Thanksgiving, I think Shayna Baszler said, and then Ronda Rousey gave a one-liner. Yeah, and enjoy your apple cider. No, thanks. No, thanks. Too sugary for me, Ronda. I don't, drink, I don't really drink sugary beverages, Ronda. But you get, you get you want a, You want a glass of uh, apple cider? I'm sure Titus has something in catering, some homemade hot cider, right? We got it. Come on into the venue. We'll even put a little... A little dash of Jameson in there for you. Spice it up. That cinnamon stick, maybe, right? 
Yeah, Titus has got it all, bro. Titus has got it all. Shotzi and... <laughs> Rodriguez Gonzalez teaming up against Shayna and Ronda. Uh, this was a handicap match for most of it. So, Shotzi starts the match because she wanted to go out there and prove she's a ballsy badass. This match went three minutes. They did the injury angle where they said Rodriguez went to the hospital. She came out during the match anyway, and even with the injury angle, had Rodriguez tap out. Shotzi decided to fight this match two-on-one. She ran wild with some offense. Who uh, I, I said this last week, Shotzi's offense is terrible. I'm going to start calling Shotzi the Miz. That's how bad her offense is. Weak. It's not impactful. There's nothing about it that really is overly great. So, she's there two on one. Shotzi ran wild. Baszler caught her with her knee to the face. Shotzi and Ronda took over. Uh, Shayna and Ronda, rather, took over. They were targeting Shotzi's bad arm. Rodriguez went to the hospital, says Michael Cole. All of a sudden, we hear Rodriguez's theme music. She walked down the aisle with her arm this way. She was immobile. She was armless. She was one-armed Rodriguez. And Rodriguez was uh, getting some offense until Rousey went after the arm. Baszler forced Shotzi to watch as Rousey made Rodriguez tap to the arm bar. And that was it. I'm sorry. I can't bring myself to care about this at all. Is there anybody out there, anybody at all, that's interested in Shotzi versus Ronda Rousey? Oh! <laughs> Whoa! I'm telling you, man, every time I mention uh, Ronda, kind of slip into a coma. I don't know. I, I can't bring myself to care about this. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. I'll be praying for Sasha Banks to come and just change the, the, the whole perception of this match, man, seriously. Shotzi versus Ronda, this is what people are thinking about for Survivor Series. When this match goes on tomorrow night, bathroom break, coffee break, beer break, snack break, whatever. Whatever break. Cleaning the fucking cat box break. Taking a dog out for the walk break. I don't know. I don't know. Shit sucks. Completely, completely uninteresting. The top of the SmackDown women's division is fucking awful. Awful. Kayla Braxton then interviewed Shotzi backstage after a commercial break. She said Rodriguez suffered a broken arm and a separated shoulder, I believe she said, or an elbow. Torn ligament in her elbow or something like that. She said it's not the first time she was bullied, but it's the first time someone's had her back. The first time that someone had Shotzi's back. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Maybe we should call Athena Palmer for that one, right? Let's call up Ember Moon, man. I wonder what Ember Moon has to say about that one. Weren't they tag team champions? Give me a fucking break. Who writes this shit? It's the first time someone had her back. Fuck out of here, man. 
She said she'll never forget that Rodriguez was there for her when she needed her the most. She told Baszler she'll have a front row seat when she shocks the world. <laughs> oh, man. She's going to shock the world, man. Oh, man. That's like Scott Demore saying that Impact's going to get a million viewership on Thursday night. <laughs> never going to happen. Ridiculous. She's going to beat Rousey senseless. Don't worry. Ronda Rousey beats us senseless every fucking week. We know how it feels. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, uh, Tegan Knox too. Yeah, let's call up Tegan Knox. Yeah, she didn't have her back. Nobody's ever had her back. Are you fucking serious? What are we, dummies? Who writes this shit? Bruce? Main event. Seamus and Drew McIntyre. They're out there with Rich Holland, Butch, Kevin Owens against the Usos. Sami Zayn and Solo, Sokoa. No Roman. No Roman tonight. This match was a tag team match for War Games Advantage. This was actually very good. I enjoyed this very much. Uh, easily the best thing on the entire show. They started off slow. They wanted to build some intrigue going into this thing. They told multiple stories here, mainly Jay Uso's issue with Sami Zayn, which we documented earlier. During the night, Jay overheard Owens talking to Sami. Sami Zayn lied to Jay about talking to anybody. Jay knows he was lying. Zayn's unaware that Jay overheard the conversation. He doesn't even know that he was spying on him. It's not very oozy of Jay Uso. McIntyre and Sheamus in this thing with the Usos. They were in control early. They sent the Usos to the floor. Go to a commercial break. There was two commercial breaks in this thing. Jay made a blind tag, sent Sheamus out to the floor by pulling down the top rope. Zayn got in Sheamus' face, but Jay pushed him away. He didn't need his help. Jay got in Zayn's face. Zayn was confused. He didn't know why uh, Jay Uso was being unusy to him. As Owens pointed out that the bloodline doesn't really like him. So he reiterated that again, right on the outside. McIntyre tagged in. He ran wild with a neckbreaker on Jay, followed with a spine buster on Jimmy. McIntyre was setting up for a Claymore kick, but Jay grabbed his leg, allowing Jimmy to hit a super kick. Usos took over, threw McIntyre into the steps. We go to another commercial break. Usos were in control. Jimmy hit the Umaga splash in the corner. He went for it a second time, but McIntyre took him out with a big knee. Sheamus got the hot tag down the stretch here, ran wild, caught Jay with an Irish curse backbreaker. 17 beats across the chest. Jay pulled the legal man, Sheamus, out of the ring. In the ring, McIntyre caught Jimmy with a claymore, but Jay responded with a super kick. Sheamus caught Jay with a knee for a two count, set up for the bro kick. Zayn jumped on the apron. Sheamus knocked Zayn down. Jay took advantage, took it to Sheamus with another super kick, goes for a cover, gets a two count. Jay then climbed to the top rope, but Sheamus cut him off, so Sheamus is up there with Jay. Sami Zayn jumps on the apron, pulls Sheamus down off the top rope by his hair, and he goes down off the top. Jay takes advantage, hits the flying Uso splash, only gets a two count. So Zayn tried to help, but it wasn't enough. Big brawl broke out at ringside with Jimmy, Solo, Rich Holland, and Butch. Zayn tried to get one of the tag team belts and give it to Jay Uso to try and help him win because the referee was dealing with his big melee on the outside. 
Owens, who was the only one not fighting, shows up. He's there with Sammy. What are you doing? What are you doing? I can't let you do this. What are you doing? They don't want you. They don't like you. What are you doing? So he tries to take the belt from Sammy. He does. Owens grabbed the title, and he, and whatever he was planning to do did not go according to plan. So he throws KO, throws Sammy into the ring. I guess this was all part of his plan. Referee sees Sammy Zayn in the ring, right, with the title. So what are you doing? The fuck are you doing with the title? Get out of here. Kicks him out. Sami Zayn gets thrown out of the uh, ringside area. So referee sends him to the back. As the referee was distracted with Zayn, right? Owens sneaks him behind the referee's back, stuns Jay with the stunner, allowing Sheamus to hit the bro kick. One, two, three, and that was it. Normally, it's the heels who get the advantage going into war games. This time, it is the baby faces because of Sami Zayn's mess up. So the bloodline is going to be down one man. And Sami Zayn is the cause of that. And they're going to blame Sami Zayn for that. I don't know what they're going to say tomorrow. Maybe during the pre-show. Maybe during a vignette during the show. I don't know. But everyone's going to be blaming Sami Zayn. It's going to be very interesting. Are they going to back Sami Zayn? Are they going to fault Jay for spying on him? For colluding? Or uh, not colluding, but taking it upon himself to try and find something in Sami Zayn's game and find the flaw there and get him out, right? But he did lie. I don't know why he lied when a live camera was there, but he did lie. But are they going to back Sami or are they going to back Jay Uso? Because they know Jay Uso's got a vendetta out for Sami, and they know Sami's been loyal. Sami's been very loyal. But are they going to start thinking that Sami Zayn is going to turn on them? Going into a match like this, you know, the bloodline... They're going to really show you why they are the bloodline. Sami Zayn's not blood. If they have any distrust in you, goodbye. So they may actually use this to turn on him in the match. We may see it all happen tomorrow. There are going to be several stories coming out of this match. Several. The Sami Zayn-Kevin Owens dynamic. The Sami Zayn-Jay Uso dynamic. What's going to happen with Sami Zayn and the bloodline? Are they going to kick him out tomorrow? Is the bloodline going to show that they are the bloodline? Are they going to get rid of Sammy because they fear that he's going to turn on them and cost them the match and give the match to the Brutes? We may get Roman getting not one but two opponents out of this entire thing. Roman needs opponents going into WrestleMania season. We may get Roman versus KO. We may get Roman versus Sheamus. We may get Roman versus Drew McIntyre again. Roman has three guys in this match that he could realistically go up against before we even get Roman into WrestleMania. There's a lot going on there. A lot. I can't wait for this shit. This is going to be tremendous. And the reason why I'm so excited about this is not because of war games. It's not because of the cages and the intensity and the fucking physicality that we're going to see. It's going to be something that you have not seen in a long time. And remember when we first got those couple of Hell in a Cell matches for the first time ever. Something new for the main roster. Kind of sink its teeth in and make their own. This is going to be great. It's going to be a spectacle. The reason why I'm so involved in this and so excited about this is because of long-term booking. I'm excited for this, for the storytelling that's coming out of this thing. Look at all the stories that are, are possible to come out of this thing. That's why I'm excited. I thought the SmackDown was very good. Outside the women, which is a weekly thing that sucks. Outside the Shotzi and Ronda bullshit, this, this was a very good show. I really enjoyed this. 
Becky Lynch return, Bray Wyatt, more Bray Wyatt. We got the Bloodline, Sami Zayn. We got Kevin Owens. We got the World, uh, the SmackDown World Cup. Very good stuff. Very good stuff on SmackDown tonight from Providence, Rhode Island. Love it. Guys, we are going to hit the Super Chats in just a little bit. But I want to thank you guys for joining me on the podcast tonight. Tonight, sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPTS. Or not script. JD. Code JD. I already fucked it up. Code JD at checkout. I got so many fucking codes. I don't know which codes I'm using. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout for your free sample. Guys, it's getting fucking cold out there. It is getting cold out there, man. But that doesn't mean the temperature's going to drop in the bedroom. That's where Blue Chew is going to come into play, man. Confidence also can take you far in life, man. That's why I'm the number one goddamn fucking show in the entire community, man. Confidence. You believe in yourself. You believe in your brand. You make it happen. That confidence can also help you in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides active ingredients. Same as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. You can plan, be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is very simple. You're going to sign up at BlueChew.com. You're going to consult with one of their online licensed medical providers. And once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. The best part is all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped direct to your door in a very discreet package. Guys, I talk about first impressions. The biggest first impression that Triple H is going to make tomorrow is with War Games. It's the first ever War Games on the main roster. You don't think this man wants to make a great first impression? Triple H not only going to make a great first impression, but after that show is over, you're going to be left with a lasting impression. It's basically Blue Chew. Blue Chew. If you guys want to get it for free, code JD at checkout. $5 shipping and handling. It's all you guys got to take care of. And I want to thank them for once again supporting the podcast right here on OTS. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. Two things. Finn Balor versus AJ Styles will steal the show tomorrow. And Brian Danielson versus Dax the Axe. Five stars. I know Dax challenged Brian on, on Dynamite, I believe. And Balor versus AJ Styles will not steal the show. War games, bro. I, I, I don't know if you realize that we're getting war games tomorrow. Should be a great match, though. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. ROH pay-per-view. Could be the death of the Blackpool Combat Club if Y2J wins. Yes, I heard about that. Claudio Castagnoli versus Chris Jericho is the main event for Death Before Dishonor. Oh, no, no, it's not Death Before. It's uh, Final Battle. Final Battle. Jericho versus Claudio for the Ring of Honor title. If Claudio loses, he joins the Jericho Appreciation Society. Rathawell with the $2 super chat. I diagnosed Strowman with mental retardation. Come on. 
Why do we got to call the man a retard, bro? We couldn't be civil and just call him st 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 stupid. <laughs> Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. Interesting twist with KO's team getting the advantage. Sammy KO stuff saved a meh show. And Roman couldn't bother to show up tonight of all nights. No, Roman doesn't need to be there. Roman does not need to be there. At all. Dumb Wapo. Great to see the man, Becky Lynch, back to give the division SmackDown women's division the star power it desperately needs. Hashtag OTS for life. Uh, Dom, Becky is a Monday Night Raw superstar. Becky's going back to Raw after this is all over. But yeah, SmackDown desperately needs stars in its division. Tyler with the 199 Super Chat. Braun got taught a lesson to not run his big mouth. Yes. Absolutely. Cody Snyder with $2 Super Chat. Can I get a let me at him? Let me at him, Scoob! Ready? Not today, Jay, with a 499 Super Chat. I still honestly believe Sasha is being saved for the Rumble. Maybe. Pardon me for wanting the uber-beautiful Mercedes Varnado back on television, man. Fuck me, I guess, right? Q, the content guy, 499. What's up, JD? I feel like if Sasha and Naomi don't show up tomorrow or at the Rumble or even Raw after Mania, they might be done. I hope that's not the case. We, uh, we're we going to get them, bro. I don't know when. All I said was I'd be shocked if she's not in Boston. Miggy Saito with a 125. I don't know what currency that is, Miggy, but thank you. A good show tonight, JD, and finally got a PS5. Congratulations, bro. I know they're still very hard to come by. I got two, but who's, who's counting? Who's counting? I got one here, and I got one in my place in Jersey. Tyler B. with a $10 super chat. I always appreciate the reviews, JD. Can you see Andrade returning to join Zelina's faction? I cannot see Andrade back on AEW television. I know Andrade's suspended. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Andrade got his release. Who the fuck knows? It's not like Tony Khan's going to tell us. I'm sorry. 
The sound of a sexy guitar, man, is one of my things, man. I can't help it. I can't help it, man. Oh, who, who is it, JG? Maybe one of these days I'll tell you, man. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's me. I don't know. Music is dank. Get Germ out of here, bro. Get Germ out. Get Germ Westbrook out of here, bro. Get him out. Go listen to your Taylor Swift, you fucking pussy. Or somebody as equally fucking talented as Taylor Swift, which is zero. Fuck out of here, man. Get him out of here. I don't give a fuck if dank is a bad word or if it's a good word, man. It's, it doesn't sound good to me. Get him out. Doesn't sound like a good word to me, man. Get him out. I don't give a fuck. Get him out. Dank is a good thing. I keep Let, Don't ban him. Don't get him out of here. Just, just. Jerem, I'm sorry, bro. Listen, man. I'm out of touch, bro. I'm sorry. Get, get, get him back in. Get him back in. Yeah, like, come on, bro. Get him back in. Serve him a cold beverage. I'm sorry. Okay, I don't know. The fuck do I know, man? I don't use this slang. Get him back. Get him a, uh, get him a triple of the uh, Jameson Crested that I got in my mother's basement. You're gonna have to go down to the basement. You gotta go get it, okay? Just, just get him in, come on. Dank, who uses dank? What the fuck does it even mean? Jerem, I'm sorry, bro. I may have to make you VIP for no reason, bro. I'm sorry. Cake with a $2 super chat. Top. Jabba never recovered from Nick Jackson. Nah. Basic with a $4.99. You know, I'm glad I'm not the only one that don't know what the fuck dank means. Basic with a $4.99. Bring back the heart business and have that faction absorb hit row. MVP might be their saving grace. MGM ballin'. Uh, Jerem, when you get back, bro, after 300 seconds, I want to see you back in the chat, bro. Bro, I'm, I'm a white dude from New York who listens to fucking heavy metal, loves craft beer and his whiskey, and is as white as a fucking white boy can be, bro. I don't know what the fuck dank means. Well, what are you talking about? I don't have... Pardon me!
Basic. Nah. Hit row in her business? No, thank you, bro. Oh, it's a California stoner turn. Oh, I'm sorry. There you go, man. Totally not me, man. MGM Bowling with a uh, $4.99 Super Chat. A stream about supermarkets more entertaining than a stream about mid-pack wrestling. Yeah. Absolutely. I probably... I probably... With that 10 minutes, we talked about Caldor and uh, all these uh, non-existent places to shop. It was probably more entertaining than what Fightful does on Thursdays with their impact reviews that get 30 viewers. And they're terrible, no personality having co-hosts. I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying to be I'm trying to be a nice guy. I'm I'm listen, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll do better. At least we've kind of reeled in the uh, Denise thing. Denise is sweet. I love Denise. Man. Denise is my new favorite fucking podcast, dude. I love it. Now I listen to Solid Monster. I listen to Don Tony. Right, and we got Denise right there. Man. Top three. You know, whatever. Sure, where are you, bro? Well, bro, get him back in. Get him back in. Where's Germ? I don't see Germ, bro. I think I think I think we turned Germ off, bro. JDC Biggins with a 206 super chat. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, hey, what's up? Jaxo, 23. I got to agree with Guardian, bro. Talk understandable English, and then maybe you won't get kicked out. Uh, Jaxo, 23 with a $50 super chat. I love the fact that KO warned Sammy. And if you make any one of those members of the bloodline mad, imagine what they will do to you, Roman. Berates his own family. Just imagine what he would do to you. I love that. Bliss will turn heel. Maybe, bro. We don't know. Maybe. Yes. Yes. JDC Biggins. He, he, he nailed it, man. When, when I hear someone say dank, I would think it, it smells like shit. Right? Thank you for the 50, bro. Yes, I uh, I love the fact that KO won Sammy, bro. It's going to be so great on Saturday. Uh, Beast, I did hear about Randy Orton today, bro. Um, Jaxo with the $2 Super Chat. War Games will be awesome. Yes, indeed. JDC Biggins with the $2 Super Chat. Raw be good. For the love of God. Love you, OTS fan. Jaxo23 with a $10 super chat. I love the Bloodline theme. Also, I don't want this, but SmackDown Women's Division needs star power, and we need Charlotte Flair. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't need Charlotte Flair, man. I'm getting, I'm getting sick already.
Furious Nation with a $20 super chat. What's up, JD? How was your Thanksgiving, bro? It was all right, bro. Took it easy. I took it easy. After the stream on Thursday, man, I took it easy. I didn't overindulge. I had one drink, which I had at the end of the evening. Went to bed early. Went for a three-mile walk in the afternoon. Played some Pokemon Go. Did a couple of Pokemon Go raids. Got up early today and did some Black Friday shopping. Uh, SmackDown was good tonight, says Furious Nation. Outside of Ronda Drowsy. Germ! Jerm Westbrook. It's so happy to see Jerm Westbrook in the chat, man. Oh, my goodness, man. Listen, bro, I, I apologize, man. I, I, I misconstrued Dank for something that smells or tastes like shit, bro. I'm sorry. Everybody's telling me it means something good. I apologize, man. It, it won't happen again, man. I'm a quick learner. Okay? Get him a beverage. Somebody get Jerm a beverage. Um, SmackDown was good outside of Ronda Drowsy. Ronda's so bad that SmackDown was signed in to come off her ASAP. Thoughts on adding Tegan, Sasha, and Naomi to SmackDown? Yeah. I think that'd be great. Yes. On, uh, on Wednesday, I was with Evil Genius training, and I literally walked with him to GNC to go buy some stuff. That's going to get me ready for our next session. And I walk back and I play Pokemon Go the entire way. He probably thinks I'm a geek, but uh, I got problems. What the fuck do you want? When I want so when I want to get something, I want to conquer something, man. I'm going to do it. No matter what it is. Um, Yeah, Fiorius, I think Tegan, Sasha, and Naomi would uh, be an absolutely uh, beautiful thing on SmackDown. Relic with a $5 super chat. Hey, boss, man. I hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Likewise, brother. And a good week thus far. Can't wait till War Games. Are you doing a top 10 matches of 2022? Maybe. I may actually, what I may do this year, I actually may leave it to you guys. I may actually do some sort of uh, OTS VIP polling. I may leave it up to all the VIPs. I'll pick some categories. I'll see what everybody else is talking about and I'll kind of uh, do my do my own thing on OTS, and I'll leave you guys to vote. And then we'll have a big a big live stream, and we'll talk about it. I think that's a good idea. Let me know what you guys think about that. Uh, Daniel Rodriguez becomes a new member. Daniel Rodriguez, what the fuck are you drinking, bro? What are you celebrating with, man? Thank you for becoming a new member. Jerm Westbrook says, you got to know it's that super gas. All right. All right. The cake with a $5 super chat. Did you hear that Randy has HBK's injury? I hope he doesn't lose his smile, especially over a match like the one that injured him. I don't know what uh, injured him, but uh, people in WWE are uh, very skeptical of Randy even coming back, man. This may actually force Randy to retire, which is uh, a shame because we all love Randy. Delron Utsi with a $2 super chat. JD, I can't wait for the AEW game. I can't either. That's going to be our new Tuesday night thing. 
And Spencer Morgan with a four-month VIP commitment. I'd love to see Dante Martin versus Ricochet in a someone's gonna die ladder match. Daniel Rodriguez with a 499 Super Chat. Everybody has their terms and slangs. Everybody is out of touch. And all of the generations, we just got to make sure we ask first before assuming. See? Look. Common logic from a new VIP, bro. Look at that. Nice and easy. He walks into the VIP club. He asks for gin and tonic with a slice of lime. What, what type of gin you drinking, bro? I don't know. I prefer some Irish gunpowder. Or maybe you don't like gin and tonic at all. I'm just fucking making up drinks that you may or may not like. I don't know. But a gin and tonic, man. Nice and classy, right? Sit down in the VIP club. He starts dropping knowledge on everybody. You got to love it, man. You got to love it. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here. I'm a little loopy. I didn't even have anything to drink tonight. A little loopy. Anyway. Hopefully you guys had a good time tonight. Tomorrow's the big one. I'll be home all day. I'll be uh, setting up the stream. I'll be getting ready. I may I may actually do a Twitter Spaces tomorrow. Maybe. So make sure you guys follow me on Twitter, at JDFMNY206. It's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Links are down below. Go check out the live stream from yesterday, man. Awesome live stream. There was a, uh, I forgot, Furious Nation with a $20 super chat. He says, also, your rant on NXT's current state yesterday on OTS was gold, man. You're not the only one who dislikes the current NXT. You can tell Triple H ain't in charge of this current NXT when you have scripts revealed as Reggie. Thank you for your ace. I almost missed that, bro. Yes, go check that out. We have a big rant on NXT on that show yesterday. So go check it out. And a lot of logic in the Punk and Kenny Omega situation, the elite Kenny Omega situation, and what they did on Wednesday. We talk about it all, man. Great show. Go check it out. Anyway, guys, Survivor Series tomorrow. I'll be live. We're going to have the music blasting in the venue. We're going to have a good time. It's War Games. I'm excited. You guys are going to be excited. The venue's going to be 5,000 deep. It's going to be great. And I need that music on max. War Games tomorrow. OTS live on YouTube. Have a great night, guys, and I'll see you tomorrow for Survivor Series.